PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Welcome to the show. It is episode 383 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, in the Crespediso studio. Uh, I'm doing the thing where we continue to pretend the world is normal when it is not. Drew Cockburn. Chris, when is the world ever normal? Drew with the truth in your face gets the applause o meter all the way up, spiking it to 10 on his uh, in your facedness. Good job, Drew. Yeah. That's what you're here for. That's your job. That's what you do. It's my MO, bro. That's your Mo. That's your Mo, and here's my curly. What about Shemp? Do we both agree that Shemp is garbage? No, no Shemp's. Get Shemp out of here. Shemp's garbage? Not a a Shemp. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, The one thing mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. really brings us together is hating the same stuff. It's, it's not loving the same stuff. Ha- hatred is a much stronger binder than love, Chris. That's what the <laughs> Star Wars taught me. Exactly. Yeah. That and, uh, yeah. And higher education taught me to, to hate. Hate is pure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, to, and to abide it. Abide it, ride it. It's like ride the lightning. Yes. But that lightning is a uh, electric shock of hate. Okay. That jolts you into being like, God, this is terrible. What is this thing? It restarted my heart into a whole new level of did uh, despair. It, did and... it kickstart your heart, Chris? So see, no, that, I, I hate that. I absolutely did. <laughs> that right there gave me a little, like a pacemaker, like jolt of uh, of hatred for. Ugh, my, <coughs> not, my, not a fan of the crew. I hate uh, <laughs> '80s hair metal. It's it, it's awful. And there's a reason why in the whole '80s revival of the last decade or so, hair metal has not been part of it. No one wants to bring that crap back. I mean, some of them kind of played with it. I mean, what would you, what would you can like consider the darkness? Because that's definitely satire. That's also like uh, 2005, 2007, yeah. wasn't that? Somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't know what you call that. I don't know what you call that. I mean, it's definitely satire. Sure. But for me, it definitely rang of like the hair metal stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what they were going for. Yeah. But they were making fun of it. All right. All right. <laughs> you were making fun of it. I didn't like them all that much, to be honest. Not a, not a fan person. I like the one album. A lot of people like the one album. The rest of the... Uh, they have more music. It's, oh, it's, it is not good. That happens often. How often is it, is, it that... It is not uh, Like, here's our great album. Yes, we have other music. Like, no. no. <laughs> you should have quit. should quit while you're ahead. Uh, like, we should have. Right around episode... Two? Twelve? <clears throat> okay. Two. You're being uh, a little more generous than I am. Well, I mean, two, yeah. We didn't even have a guest by then. Yeah. So, wh- why even continue? Because I'm trying to think of one that we may have had SBK on. When we reached our peak, 
that, that was the peak. Maybe. That was a long time ago, Chris. Maybe episode, <laughs> maybe episode three. That was a long time ago. 380 episodes ago. It was a long time ago. But you know what? Uh, no one told us to stop. Uh, at least not legally. So here we are. We're doing the thing. I was really hoping for a cease and desist order by now. I know. I, we have, I have all these uh, empty frames over here. Specifically <laughs> for it. One, two, three empty frames. Specifically for cease and desist. Not a single one bit. Uh, so we saw... A documentary via Enzion.org paid four dollars. Two, they got two of it that we saw the next day that was available on Hulu. Yes, it was. But that's, so it's available on Hulu right now. So it's available on Hulu. You can watch on Hulu if you want, but that's fine. We just so we just gave the Enzion two bucks. I'm okay with that. That's cool. That works for me. It's like you drove by and just threw him a handful of chains. It's like here's eight quarters, <laughs> and uh, you just threw it at the door. Right, and left. They should have a drive-through like a toll-style basket that can just collect change. As a, it's a nonprofit. Yeah. Why can't they do that? I mean, maybe they could. Maybe they could. Maybe they should. Maybe I should contact them and, and sell them on this idea, and yeah. then I say I get fifty percent of the basket take. Yeah. For maintaining the basket. Yeah. You gotta maintain that, that shit. That's how that works, right? Yeah. Of course. Uh, Capitalism at its finest slash worst. Right. Capitalism at its best. Slash worst. Slash awesomest. Uh, Spaceship Earth is a documentary about a bunch of hippies. Who befriended a billionaire. Befriended a billionaire. And spent his money on silly hippie shit. On, on, pretending, on pretending to science. I mean... I'm not going to lie. Building that boat, that was impressive. That was really cool. Uh, I kind of just want to see an hour documentary on that. That was the yeah. <laughs> like who, that, That's the story I want to know. Who designed it? Who who came up with the plans? How did a bunch of fucking amateurs build it and then sail the goddamn oceans with it and like it didn't capsize? <laughs> yeah, they traveled the world in a for real little boat. Yeah. In a big ass boat. Yeah. That was impressive. There was, like, was like, what, 10 people? Yeah, that was impressive um the most impressive thing i thought about the movie that was really cool well on the fact that they had a bunch of footage of it yeah they had footage of these people going back to like the late 60s because uh somebody was just documenting it for you so, know whatever so, reason someone just playing with their eight millimeter camera i guess they're using and uh filming stuff and they still had everything and now it was all documentary then that's cool seeing stuff from what it was like 67 yeah. i think it began uh, and it's all about mostly this dude, John Allen, mm-hmm. who's still alive and even gets uh, uh, interviewed in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And now he has a sort of cult of personality thing going on. Mm-hmm. A bunch of hippies follow him, do a whole bunch of different endeavors. And he uses that charisma to uh, get monies. Who's that family? The fourth the fourth uh, richest family at the time? I don't know. Some oil tycoons from Tejas. There was some oil, right? And, but this one guy was like, I believe in the environment. Well, no. Well, he was definitely like the black sheep of the family. Yeah. yeah he's actually <laughs> Like, better. he still gets his cut of daddy's profits, yeah. but... And, and probably still does things that yeah. are terrible. Yeah, yeah, uh, But he's like, I also want to give back a little bit. Yeah. So he uh, gives them whatever they need. I mean, so it builds up to this. They point. give them at least two hundred and twenty million dollars. It's not bad. It's not to, bad. to build. That was just to build the, not the spaceship Earth thing. Nothing to sneeze at. Uh, it builds up to these uh, hippie scientists and how they slash scientists, fake scientists, how they get up to the idea of doing Biosphere Two. Yeah, uh, which was nineteen ninety one. Yeah, right. Inspiration for Biodome. Inspiration for Biodome. Uh, I would. Wanted to rewatch Biodome. What was it? Is Sticky it, purple punch. Is it on? Look, I'm just watching. See if Biodome is available for streaming anywhere. 
I'll watch that shit. I'll, I'll rewatch it. It's been a long time. Yeah, especially after and, watching this. Well, and and now, like, I'm an adult, and I know it's a stoner comedy, uh, and I know what a stoner comedy is, as true. opposed to going and seeing it in theaters as a child and being like, It's a Paul Shore movie. I don't get this. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it didn't Encino get. Man was good, but I don't understand this. I enjoyed Encino Man. The, uh, they build a biosphere, a very large, uh, uh, contained, uh, not necessarily a dome, but it contained glass. Uh, thing of a jig. It's on Prime. Biodome's on Prime right now. Yeah, Biodome's on Prime. Perfect. So <laughs> I'm going to watch that this week. There's like an area that resembles a desert, a part that's sort of like a jungle, a rainforest. Uh, they try to do a whole bunch of different ecologies, a little bit of a coral reef and all that stuff. They grabbed a whole bunch of animals, Noah's Ark style, brought them in. And then they locked themselves in there with like eight people to... Let's see if they can make it happen. Let's see if they can make it happen. If they could live entirely in there on its own, they made their own little atmosphere, and could they uh, grow stuff and eat, just survive on eating what's in there, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, They even had to do uh, make their own wines. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Banana, Banana wine. wine. Oh. Because it has the high sugar content. Yeah, that makes sense. And you're there for two years. How long does that take? A few months to get to that point? I mean, yeah, probably. Maybe. To get that, that prison hooch mm-hmm. is what it is. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. So, that's what the documentary is. That's a setup. What'd you think of it, Drew? I mean, it was all right. It wasn't, I don't know. I guess I'm a fan of these new stylized documentaries these days that have been coming out. It's, very, are, it's very stylish. Yeah. It's, it's well made in terms of visually and the interview styles and stuff and the music they use. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like the, what, what am I, the craft but I mean, like as a whole, the story really isn't all that intriguing for whatever reason. Why? What, it just falls. What, it seems to fall flat. It feels like it, it skirts a bunch of things that it gets interesting, and then it doesn't get into them. I mean, the 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 one thing that it gets into the most, which is probably the fucking the weird plot twist at the end. Yeah, it's weird how like Steve Bannon just yeah, shows all of us and Steve Bannon's everywhere. It's it's like, like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, what the fuck? And it's all tied into something bad happening, of course, and um, and dealing with money. This is right around the time where Steve Bannon is a producer on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. He, he's one of the. He's, you didn't know that, Drew? Steve Bannon was a producer on Seinfeld. He gets Seinfeld residual checks. Okay. It's part of how he's so yeah, uh, rich no, that could, go around yeah, the world. Yeah, that makes up. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he sucks. Excuse me, and um, and you know it was also fascinating to see. It's only like 15, 20 years ago mm-hmm. how uh, he looked. Like a normal young dude, like almost nope. almost even good looking in his own way, and then look at him now, and he's a horrible, disgusting blob monster. Yeah, and uh, he'll do that to you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the power of the dark side, Chris. Power of the dark, yeah, really, Emperor Palpatine I mean, into something gross. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's the way it works. It's wild. Uh, when you give it to the dark side, it, you know, the blood sacrifice degrades you. That's right. That, that's why uh, I look so. Uh, I still look like a baby, baby fresh. Look, no. look, look, look at this soft, soft skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not flaky. Yeah. It's flaky and dry. I should, I should, pro- I should get some lotion. I should probably look a lot older than I am. You hide it well. <laughs> it's all inside. If, you, if, we, <laughs> if we cut you open, oh, no, it's like bad. No, black death. Black, black heart. Gross stuff. Black heart. Black lungs. Black, black sides. Cadillac. Black hat hacker named Hathaway. Black hat hacker named Hathaway. <laughs> That's what we call your soul. The, 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 so my my soul's Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? In a jail cell, <laughs> doing push-ups, isometrics. 
Uh, yeah, like there's this whole thing where the media, they picked up on the whole story. It was a big deal in 1991. Mm-hmm. So everyone's reporting on it. They show a lot of those news reports. And for a while, they were like, is this a cult? Like, who are these people? And what's up with this guy? And- well, I mean, it kind of is because, what, like six of them still live together in some commune somewhere and, like, have never looked each other's side for the last however many years. Uh, yeah, and it's like they, have, they didn't go into that aspect more. No. It could have been more about that, but it really wasn't. And then they go over everything that happened sort of in the enclosure, mm-hmm. but... When it's all done, they're literally like, some things failed, some things didn't. Uh, we don't know if it was a failed experiment or not. You know, we're not really like, scientists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just a bunch of dudes and then ladies who decided to do a thing, and, and we even brought a snake in here with us. Ugh, that's why would why would they do that? Why? You don't need a snake in there. Just don't bring in any rats. What, what are the snakes under control? We gotta kill rats. Rodents. No. Keep the rodents out. What, what do you need rodents for? I'm sure something to kill the bugs. Leave the bugs out. We don't need no bugs. What do we need bugs for? To uh, pollinate plants. I'll, I'll bring a pollinator. We're, we're, good. <laughs> we're good to go. We did it. We solved it. We solved the issue of snakes. <clears throat> they, they ain't got no snakes in Hawaii. They got plenty of plants. <laughs> right? Come on. Do something else. They, have, uh, they just have some other predator that eats Ooh. the whatevers. I want that predator. What's that? I, I don't know. Uh, Chupacabra. I, I don't live in Hawaii. You don't? Hawaii. They're straight up arresting tourists in Hawaii. Cool. For breaking their quarantines. First off, they're tourists going to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Morons, and then, uh, then they break quarantine because they have to go. If you go to Hawaii, you have to quarantine yourself for two weeks in your hotel room, no contact with the outside world whatsoever. I think you have to bring two weeks worth of food, even. Uh, so of course, a bunch of people aren't doing that, and then they're all getting arrested. Cool, they're probably getting thrown in jails, mm-hmm. or they probably get coronavirus. coronavirus. Yeah. Sounds, sounds about right. It's a fun time. Uh, virus would spread pretty well in, in this kind of biosphere yeah. situation. Oh, yeah, Especially oh, oh, people. oh yeah. yeah, they'd all get pretty sick pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. We should have they should have dropped that into their experiment and kept things interesting. Uh, get a little Here's bit. Here's a virus. Have fun, guys. Although they did have a a, a uh, crackpot doctor who was uh, running his own side experiments mm-hmm. on like caloric intakes, low calorie and, diets. Oof, boy, the, no. this guy. This mm-hmm. guy had an air of. Um, I mean, he looked good at oh, Doctor Evil. He looked good at sixty. At seventy nine, when he died, he did not look good at all. I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> I'm gonna live to be forever. They know you. you They're not. <laughs> Cancerous old dumb man. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like it's okay. I like the style of it, and seeing a lot of the old footage is interesting. And there is an interesting story there, but I don't think they went into. They they definitely didn't find the interesting story in that situation. They they, they, yeah. they found a bunch of kind of interesting stories and some interesting people. Yeah, but mostly overall, it was like uh, it doesn't really add up to anything that I want to rave about or be mm. like, oh, this is amazing. People, this is the next great night. No, it's not. Sorry, Neon. Neon put out the Apollo 11 documentary, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. They put out the Amazing Grace documentary, the Rita Franklin one, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of. I mean, come on, you guys are doing great. They put out this one, and it's like, eh. They did Parasite. They distributed Parasite. They're on a heck of a roll there, Neon. And then, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. They all can't be. All can't be winners, Chris. They all can't be winners. So, Spaceship Earth, yeah, it's out there, people. Watch it if you want, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. But maybe instead, just watch Biodome. That's what I should. That's what we should. We should just refute Biodome. I mean, we can do that. We could. We will. <laughs> Let's get into our media diets. Uh, Westworld ended season yes, three. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. pretty fun. Yeah, pretty fun. Good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, things were answered. Mm-hmm. Questions were raised. Yeah. Stakes were set for for the next season. Future seasons. Yeah, definitely. For the, the four, five, six, for three more. Oh. Apparently. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's a great show. Yeah. I'm super enjoying it. I'm, I liked all the cameos of all the people who had, you know, died in past seasons coming back. Because of the whole thing that yeah. they're robots and stuff, uh-huh. so we could bring back characters in different ways. Yeah. They did find fun ways to oh, no. bring those guys back. Yeah. Someone turns around and is like, hey, it's out, And then two scenes later, they're dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Or it's fine. Yeah, because at this point, it's like, well, I guess anyone can sort of come back. Yeah. Uh, like Dolores when the the spare Dolores gets opened up and stuff like no. well, that. That's interesting. That's funny. Then you can see the the armature mm-hmm. underneath and putting putting on Put, putting on her skin suit. Yeah, <laughs> that was creepy. Yeah, it was. That was fun and creepy in an ex machina sort of way. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's a really really wild show. And uh, uh, we got we got Rehoboam and and Solomon. What 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 happened with the? I'm trying to remember how it ended. What what how's it set up? What are we looking forward to? In season four, the fall, I guess. I mean, and then the rebuilding because <laughs> it's already the fall is already happening. Well, I mean, the he, world's already rioting. He pretty much, you know, yeah. made sure of that it, insight, uh, the insight program has been divulged, and everyone's all no. that's been for a few episodes. Well, yeah, but still, but but at this point in time, like that, that's definitely a not coming back. So, like for them, no. like there's going to be no return to that world. So the uh, the idea being that without the insight program and without the AI guiding everyone, then we'll just continue on our self chosen path of destruction, yes. which will lead to cataclysmic events, yes. followed by uh, uh, the wiping out of mankind. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna see the so season four is just the uh, year twenty twenty. Is it just gonna be a documentary? I mean, uh, either that or it could be you know like uh, the Matrix prequel. You know, do you remember the Animatrix? I do. It could be something of that nature. Okay, yeah. you know. That could be fun. Yeah. I could I dig that. That could be good stuff. All right. Well, we got Westworld. Where, you know, maybe the robots go to the United Nations. It's like, we want our own country. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and then uh, it's war. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, so Westworld season four, I guess we're looking forward to that. Come out 2023, 2024. The way who things kn- are going. Who fucking knows it's, these days. It's already, a, they produce it so slow. Yeah. And then now we got all this shit. Going yeah. On. Although, I don't know. They've been... I mean, a lot of the stuff from this season was definitely filmed in Asia. So, you know, if Asia gets done with their stuff before we get done with our stuff, maybe they could just hop on a plane over there and get started. Just shoot everything over there. And that's what they that's what they were doing. Might, so, as, well, might as well. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what we do in the shadows? You watch that episode five, uh, the Colin Robinson. The co- yes, episode. Uh, yeah, I like that, Colin Robinson. That was fun. That's good stuff. Yeah. Next level energy uh, vampire type yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, also, that says a lot about uh, corporate culture filling upwards and things like oh, that. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, I mean, my my favorite part was at the end where he got his new job. He's like, I'm just gonna kind of embed myself in an empty desk yeah. and we'll see how this goes. Which really think about like, yeah, how big does an office have to be for me to show up somewhere and just sit down and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm new here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Until someone from HR shows them like, who are you? Yeah. Uh, Jessica <laughs> hired me. Jessica, that bitch. I'm like, yes. Exactly. You picked the right name. I picked the right name. Uh, it would have to be a vampire, some sort of psychic vampire. Get, pull that name. Uh, I mentioned last week I was reading the Overstory by Richard Powers. Mm-hmm. I had like a hundred pages left, and I read them. And it's a terrible book. No, I'm joking. It's fantastic. Ends great. Highly recommended. Great, great read. I can definitely see, see it being made into some sort of a, a something or other. Very, very like well made yeah. series or very thoughtful. But it would take the right person though to translate because there's weird tree stuff. I watched thirty minutes or so of uh, Hulk. The Eric Bono one, angly. Oh, yeah, because it was on. It was just on. I, I watched it. There was. It's been a while. I watched the. Uh, I watched him fight some Hulk dogs. 
Oh, oh yeah, yep. yeah, the Hulk dog. Oh, wow. he, he, fought, he fought Hulk dogs. Well, and at, at one point in time, I think one of the Hulk dogs like gets hurt or something, and then like is like a dumb friend for like the rest of the movie. That might be a different movie. Is that Hellboy? That might be a different movie. Okay, where like a dumb thing is following around. It's yeah. like no, that one, sh- no, that one, it's brain dead now. Yeah. It's a brain dead simpleton that's following us around. What is that? <laughs> I think it was a Hulk dog of sorts. But yeah, some sort of giant creature thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> now you're killing me. Um, no, he beats a bunch of dogs and transforms and looks wonky. He's like, he's like a giant cartoon green man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then he turns into Eric Bana. Mm-hmm. At the time, we're like, whoa, this looks great. Now it's like he's a giant cartoon. Um, and then the whole thing where he gets captured and they take him to underground facility and he busts out and the whole desert sequence with the tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and it's fine. Is it? I remember liking that part a lot more before. Then I watch it now. I'm like, yeah, it's just okay. It's kind of boring. Yeah. It's, they've got they've gotten a lot better with these. Of course. Well, they, they've been movies. they've made mistakes like the Hulk. Just Hulk. Not, not even the Hulk. <laughs> Still, it, it's so awkward. You have to call it Hulk. Hulk. Okay. All right, guys. Um, I forgot to mention this last week, but I watched like the last hour or so of Den of Thieves. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah, it's not a good movie with uh, yeah. Gerard Butler, Fifty Cent, Ice Cube, uh, Jr. Ice Cube Jr., and somebody else. Oh, random white guy. Okay, random white guy. I'm going through my mind. Who was it? Some girls and dudes. I can't remember, but it was definitely Gerard Butler. Yeah, being fat. Be like, I'm I'm an American. I'm an American cop in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm uh, a corrupt cop. Yeah, it was fine. It was like, I mean, no, I for for what no. it was, for what it was doing. I don't believe so, Chris. I I, I wasn't like changes. I hate this, but I was like, eh, whatever. I was I was I did start watching halfway through it, so it was just like right before the quote heist part. You know, and then and then so I just got all payoff. Yeah, I remember. It that's being, a, that's the best yeah, way to no. watch a Gerard Butler movie. That's how I watched Angel Has Fallen. I skipped the first 20 minutes, and I stopped watching with, like, five or eight minutes left. Okay. Just give me the meat. Give me the Nick Nolte meat in the middle. Oh, Nick Nolte being in Hulk. It's funny watching then, be like, look at this old man. Mm-hmm. And he's looking still crazy. out old and crazy. No, you look at him now, it's like, oh, he, he looked young. <laughs> he looked viral and young and, and healthy and full of life and vigor. And now he's like, Screaming no Ahab while he's super drunk. And yeah. then getting hugged by Tom Hardy. Oh, it was sweet though. <laughs> or being hugged by Gerard Butler. So a lot of tough guys like hugging Nick Nolte in, <laughs> in his old age. That's how he, that's how he makes his money these days. <coughs> um, a couple of podcasts. I have one to recommend and one that's disappointing. The disappointing one, Drew, is one called Team Deacons. Roger Deacons has a podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, there's like six episodes of it. I started listening to the first episode. And it is boring. He himself is a very reserved Englishman who he's, mm-hmm. uh, has a yeah. way of speaking. He's like, well, let me tell you about the time we uh, we got together to find the lighting scheme that we needed for this uh, particular mm-hmm. endeavor with, uh, with David Fincher. And then you're like, oh, my God, we need a bit of life in here. We need a, a host <laughs> who's just going to be like, yeah, and, and, and talk with him. And, uh, you know, like a... Or maybe Roger Dickens, you shouldn't have a podcast. No, I mean, you can do this. You can take someone that's sort of... Uh, boring. 
that's just naturally dull <laughs> and pairing with someone that's going to be a little more upbeat mm-hmm. and just know how to host a show. Mm-hmm. They found some lady who all she listens to is NPR because she doesn't think the mic is turned up all the way. And she's like, and she like this. And she's like, I am here. Like no, like I'm here with, um, yeah, Roger Eakins. You know, like she speaks so low, but with the mic so loud that all you hear is mouth stuff. Uh, and she, and oh, she is uh, she's she's terrible. I just hit the board with my elbow, and she is truly terrible, extremely boring, and uh, speaks a lot. She talks a lot. It's bad. That should be the name of your sexy soul album. All I hear is mouth stuff. All I hear is mouth. Stuff. <laughs> oh, I have that. All right. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Um, I always peeked in my mouth a little bit there, Chris. <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> it was a bad idea. You're on. You're on that track as a, <laughs> as a producer. So when it hits number one, don't complain. Well, I'll, the, take the, the, I'll take the residual checks. And the res checks start coming in. Um, uh, oh yeah. So a Team Deacon's podcast is a boring, <laughs> boring bummer. It happens. A uh, much more entertaining one. Uh, well produced and and very funny is a show that only has six or seven episodes and they're about 30 minutes each and the whole pandemic thing has kind of thrown their recording out of whack but it's a show called dead eyes okay and it's by this comedian improv comedian actor named connor ratcliffe who's okay. done a bunch of stuff like comedies and things like, like miss Maisel it, and things like that is it about that uh that gymnast girl from the olympics a couple years ago a couple olympics ago dead eyes there was, there was one of the girls who was seriously like every time the camera went on her, like it looked like she had no soul. The dead eye gymnast. Yeah, she was just. That's probably because <laughs> uh, she just came back from a, a, a health inspection with the team doctor. Huh? And, and yeah, that's why now the dead eyes on the gymnast. The U.S. Olympic Committee did nothing to protect these ladies. So, uh, no, it's about this guy who um, in 2000, 2001, he was living in the U.K. for a little while. American living in the U.K. So he got an opportunity to get cast in a very small role. He did get cast in a very small role in Band of Brothers. Remember Band of Brothers? Mm-hmm. Was that HBO? Yeah, it was HBO. Tom Hanks yeah. producing everything, right? Yeah. He got cast very small role, like uh, I'll get you coffee, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. That type of role. Uh, finds out Tom Hanks sees his audition tape and has second thoughts. The reason being, he has dead eyes. Oh. So he gets fired from Band of Brothers. So having dead eyes. So this podcast is him uh, trying to find out why exactly. Why was he fired for having dead eyes? Did, did that really happen? Does anyone else even remember this story, or is it just him? Get me Tom Hanks on the phone. Exactly. Like, could he get Tom Hanks by the end of this to talk to him about it? Uh, so it's fun. It's a really fun, entertaining show, and it's also a. It's like a produced show. It's not just some guy. It's not like just us sitting at a table, mm-hmm. hit record, let it roll. See what happens. Upload it. Like he's uh, he's reading some pre-written stuff, and there's some music, and then he interviews people, and that music's laid in. It, it, it's very, uh, uh, it's produced. It's a good show. I'm enjoying it. Dead Eyes. Mm. So there we go. Not in the habit of recommending non-PFT podcasts, but I feel like that's one where we, we can't offer our version of that show. No. Yeah. We're nowhere near that famous. We don't we, we don't have a version of a show where it's like, well, this is why I got fired from Band of Brothers by no, Tom Hanks. Because you were never on Band of Brothers by Tom Hanks. None of those things could even no. come close to happening. Nope. 
So I can recommend that one. Also, I can recommend not recommend a Deacons podcast because we're not going to get Roger Deacons in here. No. So anyway, that's uh, that's been my media diet. What do you got, Drew? Uh, I started watching a show called Party Legends on Hulu. Okay. It's basically animated uh, drunken adventures of celebrities. It really all depends on who's telling the story and how good the story is. Like uh, a lot of the stories are boring and they're not funny. Like drunk history style. Yeah, or? basically. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, what? Which ones would you? Can you recommend any in particular? Yeah, uh, no, I only watched two episodes, so ah, I got so six of them. And there was only one of them that was even funny. Oh wow! So, okay, mm. that's a brutal hit rate. Uh huh. No, that's not very good. Not very good. Okay. So I, I cannot recommend it. Okay. Also watched an awful movie on Hulu called Wild Card with Jason Statham. Oh, I've seen that. Uh. It keeps popping up. Like the, yeah. mm-hmm. the cover art, whatever. Yeah. I keep seeing it over and over. Wow, yeah, exactly. Card. You saw that on, one uh, on Hulu? Yeah, I finally clicked on it. What's it about? <sighs> the movie doesn't know, Chris. It wants, It doesn't know if it's a character drama or if it's an action movie or if it's a revenge flick. Okay, or... well, well, how about this? What does it, Jason Statham's character want? He doesn't know. He doesn't even know? No. Oh. I, I, well, a couple times he gets what he thinks he wants and then realizes it's not what he wants. Oh, monkey's paw scenario, maybe. So, uh, so it's a bunch of things, but it's nothing correct. because it tries to do a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It very much reminded me. Oh no, that's the next movie. Never mind. Oh, that's the next movie. That's all my movie. I'm just saying them. All right, so Wild Card gets a no. Correct. Gets a thumbs down. Yes. Eesh. I also watched Solar Opposites on Hulu. Okay. That's the new uh, Justin Roiland. Uh, animated stuff. The guy, one of the guys from Rick and Morty. Okay. Oh yes, yes. But yes. you can so because Rick ads. and Morty is Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. So this is just Justin Roiland and somebody else. Mm-hmm. You you can tell which one of them is the sci-fi nerd, and it's definitely Justin Roiland. Interesting, because they continue with all that stuff. Oh, and it's the same animation style too. That from I Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, so exactly and, and some of the character, some of the voice actors are even the same. Um, so it's a little bit different, but still heavy sci-fi silliness. So it's like the better cost all version of the show, the spinoff that's still very similar, but you can, but you can, you can yeah. tell how it's a mm-hmm. little, yes, definitely. A little different. But you game. know what? I enjoyed it because it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's streaming and it's TVMA so they can say fuck. Cool. Uh, do they just pop out a whole bunch of eps? Or? Yeah, they just put out uh, an eight-episode season. Wow, all right. But they don't, you know, twenty-two minute episodes, so so you can plow through them really good. Yeah, exactly. You watch them all already. Yeah, and it's all good. Yeah. All right, Solar Opposites. Definitely worth watching, especially if, if you're a fan of sci-fi, animation, and, or the Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty. Uh, Seth gets a thumbs up. Yes. Okay, we're turning around, man. It's it's been brutal so far. Also watched. Uh, th- this is kind of a uh, medium. Like I couldn't tell if I liked it or not. It was very middling. Uh, mm-hmm. Hotel Artemis. Oh yeah, that seems to be. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, it very much reminded me of uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, mm-hmm. where like it came out like right around the same time. Where so. it's an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. It's very stylistic. Mm-hmm. It's pretty violent as well. Mm-hmm. But at the end, you know, like, what is it really trying to do or say? What does it care about? Yeah. So it's a hotel for villains. Yeah. And Jodie Foster is like the nurse that yeah. runs it. Just imagine, just imagine it's in the John Wick universe. Yeah, it's like the Continental, yeah. Yeah. but but about, about but the, it's a hotel about the health services yeah, yeah. that they provide. Exactly. Yes. Not so, but and but see, that's the thing. Like when it came out, 
the reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, all that stuff. Even when I see it pop up every now and then on a, a, a Crespo Hundo that no. people do, mm-hmm. it's always like, eh. It is. It's very middling. I mean, the, the only saving grace are, um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of it. Dave Bautista. No. Uh, he, although he's great in it, too. Uh, Reginald Val Johnson. No, 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 no. 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 Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. No. Oh, he was boy. in he was in Waves. He was in Black Panther. He's been super hot lately. Oh, um, Sterling Sterling K. 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 Brown. So he's in the movie. Cool. Uh, so is the uh, uh, the other guy from Atlanta, Ryan Tyree Henry. Yes, yes, he's in it. So they play brothers. And then jo- Jodie Foster's in this movie. Yeah, she's like nurse lady, and she fucking. Like, she brings her A-game. Yeah. Like, she is the only one who's acting. Yeah, yeah. Like she's going for it. Dude, she she fucking kills it. It's so weird that she chose this, because yeah. she doesn't act much. I anymore. know. Yeah. Yeah. So what did she read that she's like, oh, yeah, I gotta do or Maybe this. she just wanted to hang out with Jeff Goldblum, because he shows up in the movie, too. I forgot about that in the trailer. He yeah. does show up. But not for much. No. All right. No, he doesn't seem like he's in it for very long. Yeah. Um, so it was very middling. Middling on the... F- I give it two eyes. Two eyes? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if it would, it, I'll two eyes it, on a fine scale. The, the way I see it, like it's a bunch of like up and coming actors, and yeah. you know, yeah. then you know, Jodie Foster's the glue that holds it all together. Sure, sure, so, sure. The anchor of the whole. Yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, seeing what these people do, you know, in twenty years, people could look back at this movie and I could be like, all these motherfuckers were in this. Not very good movie together. They're all this one thing. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it will be some sort of like a, a weird time capsule for for some some actors. That's, exactly. That's, that's funny. So all this is on Hulu. Yes. You having a Hulu? No, movie? no. Hotel Artemis is on Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Amazon. And then uh, on Disney Plus, I started watching. Disney line gallery line Star Wars colon the Mandalorian the Mandalorian <laughs> uh, the the making of docu series yeah, yeah. Uh, there's only two right now because I think they're putting it out weekly oh okay they okay. didn't drop it all um so what's that one's the actors and one was uh, the, the first two uh, first one was the, the directors okay and the second one was called Legacy so it was basically just Dave Filioni mm. nerding the fuck out sure. and being like I'm George Lucas's best friend now yeah. <laughs> we're buds I gotta do this stuff yeah so th- th- yeah. That, that was basically the second one uh, enjoyable definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Like well put together well and it's mostly just because you know you get to, watching something like this like while I was watching it mm-hmm. I was like how the fuck did they do this stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. So being able to watch how the fuck they did all this stuff yeah. is fucking awesome. I think episode four is a technology episode yeah, so that's and, what I'm looking forward and to and the way that they decided to direct with you know, having one person being like kind of like the main director for each episode, mm-hmm. but everybody else was still there. Like, it's not like they weren't there. Yeah. Like, Filioni was there. Like, all the other directors were always there. Yeah. While the other directors were the main director. Interesting. So they could bounce ideas off each other and this, and that's how, even though, you know, each episode was almost like its own little. Thing, little mini story, yeah, sure, but but it but it all still melded together into mm. you know like a homogenous very interesting series, very interesting. So yeah, it, it's super interesting. Uh, D plus finally coming through with some new stuff. Yeah, Taika Waititi's fucking great. Yeah, God, I love him. He's so fucking hilarious. I guess he would pop up a decent amount in this, right? Well, yeah, for... and everybody else's you know starts off with oh you know working in this is great and this that the other and as soon as Taika Waititi comes on, he's like. 
well, it was pretty awful. The uh, the technology was garbage. <laughs> uh, everyone was running around. Nobody knew what they were doing. Very unprofessional. Uh, he, he's being all cheeky. Exactly. So, T- taking the piss out mm-hmm. of it. That, that's a that's adorable. So it was fun. That's adorable. Yeah. Um. I guess what was the full title again? Star Wars. So line. so so the way it works. So I I was in my head like I'm trying to figure out like how to do it, but it's it's. Hang on. <laughs> Disney. Yeah. So it says Disney, but then there's a horizontal line. Okay. And then underneath that, it's gallery. And then a horizontal line. And then under that, it's Star Wars colon the Mandalorian. Disney gallery. That's weird. Yeah. It's almost like you're looking at like menus options. You know, like you're like Disney gallery, Star Wars Mandalorian. But that's the title of it. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It makes me think that there's going to be more like th- this quote unquote Disney gallery thing sure. is going to be like its own section of D plus for whatever, you know, maybe like the behind the scenes of, of the old DVD stuff that yeah. they had that they can put in for whatever reasons or blah, blah, that they blah. They can repurpose stuff yeah. or produce new behind the scenes making of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Through the Disney gallery. And it could go down as an X-Men Origins colon well, title exactly. situation yeah. where <laughs> you never, we were going to have more of these, we swear. Yeah, I don't know. So X-Men Origins colon Magneto. We swear we were going to do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it was, it, it's very good. I'm, all looking, right. I'm looking forward to more episodes coming out. All right, so that gets a thumbs up, definitive mm-hmm. thumbs up for that. Uh, all right, so that's it for the media diet then there. Yeah, that's everything. Okay, very cool. We are going to take a break here. I got a got another little song that i wrote this one is called uh saturday night fever awareness week colon coming to your town close colon (laughs) i'm bringing back the close colon so i'm inventing the close colon yeah i'm gonna be a grammatical uh savior oh you're talking grammatical oh yeah yeah, yeah. Close that colon. Here we go, guys, with this week's song. I forgot the title of it. Hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll be back with the second half of the show.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 383 continues. 383 backwards is 383. 383 upside down is B80B. Uh, and B80B backwards is B. Oh, you can be with Drewster Cogburn. That's this week's brand new segment in which Drewster Cogburn gives us words of affirmation, wisdom, and general good fortune. Here we go, Drewster Cogburn. Here is your intro. Take it away. Fuck you, Rotten Hell. Whoa! That is your words of affirmation, weekly affirmation from Matrusa Cogburn. Hashtag be blessed. <laughs> uh, we'll see if that one sticks. That's, yeah, a, well. that's, a good, that's a good segment. I think it's a fun one. Oh, I just I just turned my headphones on. That sounds much better. <laughs> much, much better. There you go. Everything was sound so far away. You wonder why. That's why I was screaming. Because you had earmuffs on, technically. They weren't even... <laughs> they were not headphones, Chris. They were just earmuffs. I was yelling into this microphone. Uh... Uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us there. We've been sitting pretty at 72 ratings for a while. Uh, we could use a few more. Help us get to 75. Come on, guys. We could... It'll, uh, oh, and gals. Guys and, oh, oh, guys and gals. Oh, my God. About 30% of our audience is women. I would say, Drusa Cogburn. Women? Women. The women listen to the shows as well. Drusa Cogburn's Sciencey Papers. So, uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It would be very helpful. I'm not signing any papers. Drew refuses to sign papers. Uh, you can also, if you prefer Spotify, you can just click on the following button there. And then um, every week on your Spotify homepage, you'll get annoyed by that recent new podcast tab. You'll keep seeing our logo pop up. And you're like, I ain't going to click on this shit. Well, then why are you following? I don't know how this works. Because we need the, the click. Uh, helps with our metrics. What else do people listen to? There's uh, Stitcher. There's all these different things. Uh, how are you listening now? I mean, you're listening to the show. How are you listening now? Are you listening through our, the website, chriscrestwell.com or pftbd.com? Because there's better ways to do it. But thanks for doing it anyway. Drewster Cogburn. Chris Crestwell. You are technically online. I mean, I am. But don't, I, I see you there. Just don't bother me. I see you doing things on there. Don't bother me. But they can follow you. Don't bother me. No, no one... We're not saying bother you online, but they can follow you. I want nothing to do with any of it. Fair. None of it? None of it. None of it? Nope. Any of it? Mm -mm. Why not? It's the future. It's we're all. It makes us better as a society. That I highly doubt. We're 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 smarter. No, we're not. We're connecting only with the best of each other. Usually the worst. And uh, the only the best ideas are being propagated and shared. Uh, usually the worst ideas because they're the loudest. Come on! Well, they get louder. You want me to turn your mic up? I'm not interested, Chris. Oh. Okay. Well, let's, uh, we have an email, cinemacrespedizo at gmail.com. You can email us and we'll read it, which we'll do in a minute. We'll also have a Cinema Crespedizo Facebook group where we put up a, a comment slash question thread. You can leave a comment slash question there and we'll read that. So, let's see. What do you have in front of you, Drew? I had them both. I was on the email, and then you started talking about the Facebook, so I went to the Facebook, and now they're both gone. So you get, you get, and now they're both gone. Now, now you got to pick one so I can bring that one back. Now they're both gone. Like I said. Uh, well, let's go ahead and pull up the Facebook group, and we'll read some of those questions and, and see what they got to say. All right, Carmella asks. What's up, Carmella? What is the best movie you saw for the first time in a dollar theater? Mine is Cliffhanger. With Dragon, colon, the Bruce Lee story, my second choice. Those are good options. Those are good good movies to see in a dollar theater. Um, best one? Ugh, probably Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Which is 
tough seeing that in the dollar theater, Drew. No. Because it comes out like in February, March. Mm-hmm. So a few months off. But. Well, I mean, you're a Christmas guy. I could see you watch Christmas movies kind of whenever. Do love Christmas. Do love Muppets. So that ended up working out pretty well. It's also maybe the best version of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is the Muppets version. Mm. I mean, come on. Mm. Michael Caine. Michael Caine mm. as Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm. Um, it's either that or Baby's Day Out. I can't. I don't know which one to choose between the two. How about you? I can't remember exactly what movies I've seen in dollar theaters. That is, so, a very, that is a very specific so I couldn't tell you uh, memory to have. No. I think Carmela said in another thread or one time that he lived across the street from a dollar theater I mean, I at def- some point, so I'm, that's helpful. I, mean, I definitely used to go to the dollar theaters one. all the time, but I can't remember what movie, when, where. And usually it ends up being movies that are bad. Like, uh, I remember seeing yeah. Dumb and Dumber, the, uh, not, not the one, the Jim Carrey one, but the, the, the prequel. One, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw that on 75 Cent Tuesdays, and now that was a waste of three quarters, man. Yeah. It was bad. And the time that it took to watch it. And the time to get there and to sit in that theater. My favorite part of dollar theaters is when they play movies that aren't a dollar, but they have, like, we saw Ong Bak in a dollar theater once, Ooh. but not for a dollar. No. Saw uh, Feast, I think it was called. The Remember Project Greenlight? Remember that show? Mm-hmm. And then one year they're like, let's make a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that movie, I think it was called Feast, that played like the Colonial Promenade yeah. for like five bucks or something. We saw, isn't that where we saw Bug? I don't remember where I saw Bug. I'm pretty sure it was at the Colonial Promenade. It's possible. It's possible. Pretty sure. Good times. Like that theater's been closed for a while, I think, right? <clears throat> yeah. I think so. Oh yeah. I'm never at that part of town anyway. You know, so I'm pretty know. sure they turned it into a library. No, library's further up. Unless the library expanded. Ooh, the library expanded. I have no idea. Guys, you're not here for local municipal talk with Crestmanie, so you're here for movie talk and answers to Facebook questions and queries such as this one. Gabe gets at us. What's up, Gabe? Laurie Metcalf got robbed at the Oscars, and in honor of Mother's Day, I went to see a Crespo Dome battle. Laurie Metcalf versus Allison Janney. Who's the better mom? All right. Allison Janney, winning Best Supporting Actress for I, Tanya, mm-hmm. the mom of uh, the titular I, Tanya. Mm-hmm. The same year that Laurie Metcalf got nominated for uh, playing the mom in Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. So, Mama's Day Battle, Mama's Day Off. It's like Baby's Day Off, but... It's a, it's Mama's Day Off. Mama's Day Off battle. Two women enter. One woman leaves. Allison Janney v. Laurie Metcalf. Metcalf? Metcalf. Metcalf? I don't know how to pronounce it. Metcalf. It's, it's spelled Metcalf. Metcalf. Uh, best known probably for being Becky and Becky in the Roseanne show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than likely. That's, that's probably where most people from our generation remember her first from. Sure, she's done a lot of stuff, but uh, that, that's been her biggest thing. Allison Janney, I feel like, uh, being more popular now and more recent years, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, she had a, a sitcom with uh, Anna Ferris called Mom that may still be going on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just saw her in the Bad Education, HBO yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. So who would a- be... Apparently she was in the West Wing from 1999 to 2006. Doing those Sorkin walking talks. So Drew Chicago in Thunderdome rules. First off, who is the better... Actor who acts better, Metcalf or Jenny? That's Man. tough. I mean, I, I almost want to say it's just like it's a fucking tie. It's a tough. It's, it's like depending on the role. It's yeah. like, I mean, come on. I mean, I've seen them both be very good and both be not so good. Yeah, uh, depending on you know what they're doing. I think just because I'm just gonna go with um, 
<laughs> I'm going to go with Addison Janney uh, because I flipped the corner of my head three times. <laughs> <laughs> and that's who won? <laughs> that's who won. Okay. What about you? I'm going to go with Allison Janney only because I, I, the only reason I'm saying it is because I saw her work more recently. There you go. Recency bias. Yeah. I love uh-huh. it. Yeah. Cause we just saw old, uh, bad education with her in it. That's right. So, so she's fresh, fresh yeah. on the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who would win in a fight? It's, it's, I mean, it's throwing their uh, a baseball bat with nails. I together. mean, I'm probably going to go with uh, Laurie Metcalf mm. and only because of her white trash comedy background. There you go. You know, being on that Roseanne set, I mean, that's some that's some hardcore shit, man. Jenny looks a little frail. Mm-hmm. She looks like she uh, a good wind will push her over. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're both frail old ladies. Uh, both frail old ladies. Uh, Although, Allison Janney is apparently four years younger. She's younger. I would not have thought that. Yeah, by four years. I'm definitely going to say then not her, because she doesn't look it. Um, so Lori wins the battle of the battle of the fists, while Allison wins the battle of the bard, leaving us with a one-one split in this year's inaugural Mother's Day Crespidome <laughs> Swamp Fest 2020. <laughs> Um, shout outs, shout outs to Gabe for the question, and uh, shout outs to all the mothers out there. That's right, it is our annual Mother's Day record sesh because we record on Sundays, so all Sunday holidays, uh, it just it just it just happens. That's uh, it works. I'm pretty sure that's science. Um, so we're celebrating Mama's Day out with uh, with all the mamas as well as some of the papas, mamas and the papas. I mean, if they want to get on this too. Uh, and we have email cinemacrestbeast.gmail.com and Drew will read it just like this. Good email from Gabe. What's up, Gabe? He's got a couple of reviews for us. Remix. I uh, cracked up the Daryl Hammond story review. Oh, okay. Starts off with a cool look behind SNL. Set so I thought this was going to be a wacky, jokey tone. <clears throat> oh, but it's Daryl Hammond. Though. But it really is somber and measured. Didn't know Hammond was a Coco kid who went to UF. Hmm, I know. Uh, the main story is him turning his biography into a stage play, and you see him on the backside of working through his traumas that molded him. It's really powerful and a nice surprise for a random pick. This is a Netflix gem. All right, on Netflix, Daryl Hammond documentary. Yeah, he's got a a, a tough a tough go at it. Daryl Hammond, uh, drug use and addiction issues and stuff. He's been pretty open about those things uh, in recent years. He's doing a show. He's doing his own play, it sounds like. Theater show? I guess. That's what he was describing? Yeah. Sounds interesting. Good for him. Daryl Hammond, he of uh, several impressions. Uh, and Murder Party Review. Yes, this is Jeremy Saulnier's first film before he did uh, Blue Ruin and Green Room and mm-hmm. stuff. A low-budget NYC indie film. It's in the vein of Tucker and Dale, but way scaled back. Mm-hmm. It's a quick, fun watch if you're into that kind of low-budget scene. What what it, the setup is? Uh, it's Halloween in New York City, and a dude uh, like a psh, uh, the wind blows a, an invitation to his feet. Mm-hmm. It's like you're invited to this Halloween party. Uh, so he puts on a costume and he goes to this party, and there's like six people there or so, all dressed in different things. One person's dressed like Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner. And uh, turns out he got invited to a murder party where they go to try to murder him. Uh, and it's bloody and gross. And actually, it's exactly as gnarly as you'd expect. From his other movies. From the guy who did Green Room and Blue Room. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? The, the Dark, something about the one with Jeffrey Wright. And uh, it's like in Alaska, Into the Dark, I think it was called. Did you ever see that? It's a Netflix one. I don't think so. It was okay. 
Oh, yeah. Murder party. All right. And that's it. And that's it. Thanks, Gabe. We appreciate it. Happy Mama's Day out to you as well, sir. Um, Okay. We have some stories here. Let's get some COVID stuff out of the way. Oh, I got that. Uh, Hong Kong movie theaters reopening this week with social distancing measures in place. Interesting to see how that's going to work. We'll see how it works. Uh, First off, it's Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. They had a different um, level of outbreak than the rest of China. They were able to maintain it a little bit more. So they're in a better position to be able to reopen stuff. Uh, Titles coming out include Bloodshot, The Gentleman. Don't worry, you won't get far on foot. The Joaquin Phoenix Gus Van Sant movie from like two years ago. Mm. Um, And Torasan, Wish You Were Here. Obviously. Mm. Obviously. I'm assuming actually that's one title. Um, Trolls World Tour will be getting a theatrical release in Hong Kong. Focus features Emma will be coming out there. And uh, no indications whether these theaters will be doing the original Chinese mainland Chinese plan of reopening theaters with uh, Harry Potter and Avengers movies. Mm. To try to entice people to come back out. Uh, but theaters are opening in Hong Kong, right? It's just, it's kind of like you said earlier. Things on that side of the world happen first. So they're going to get over it first if they do things right. So people that benefit from that are productions that are already set there. Mm-hmm. For example, New Zealand. They're looking at reopening measures pretty mm-hmm. quickly because they, they did a good job of... Uh, Gestapo style, like really keeping that from spreading. Uh, shooting out there, so hoping to start production up again soon. The Avatar production hmm. is out in New Zealand. Also out there, this makes sense. The Amazon series, uh, Lord of the Rings series. Oh, oh, they're probably just using all the stuff that's already out there. Like, what's here? What can we still use? They still got uh, the Shire? Can we use the Shire? Uh, so, those are some of the productions, bigger productions, hoping to, to jump back in it very soon. Uh, Czech Republic looking to start reopening and start issuing film permits uh, which affects specifically where's the list all the way the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Ah. on Disney Plus they had to shut down uh, out there Uh, the brand new Wheel of Time series uh, someone chasing that Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. uh, chasing that Game of Thrones dragon literally chasing that dragon Uh, Carnival Row season 2 which you dropped down on that one after a couple episodes, right? Yeah, it wasn't all that cool. But they all shoot in the Czech Republic. Okay. And they're looking to get back up and running soon, so... Interesting. That's how things are going. Uh, COVID-related. Let's get away from that now. Try to cut back on pandemic news as much as possible in these episodes. Especially now, you know. Come on. We, we get it. We get it, right? world sucks. Know what uh, would make the world a better place? Demolition Man 2. Would it? Mm, I mean, they got a lot of right things right the first time around by accident. I mean, yeah. You know, people don't touch it anymore. But, we uh, got to talk about cantinas. But but the whole... The liberal left. The liberal left is ruining everything. The oppressive, liberal, snowflake left. Yeah. It's very... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for these snowflakes, I'd have the best. Um... He took the social media to answer some fan questions. Someone asked him on Demolition Man if he could get another Demolition Man too. He responds, uh, can we get another demo, man? I think there is. 
coming. We're working on it right now with Warner Brothers, and it's looking fantastic, so that should come out, and that's gonna happen. Now, is it really gonna happen, or Sylvester Stallone just trying to, like, put it out there in the universe? I am sure that it, I mean, it may or may not be in pre-production, mm-hmm. you know, but I guarantee you there's, you know, nobody quote-unquote attached to it. Right. I'm sure there are no contracts that have been signed. Contracts probably haven't even been written up. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll direct it. It's like, yeah, sure you will. Like, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, Sly has some guy on Fiverr doing some uh, concept artwork for him. That would be amazing. Uh, you know who's putting out... Uh, did I pull the story? I don't think I did. Tom Hardy keeps posting to Instagram fan art of Venom fighting Spider-Man mm-hmm. and then taking it down right away. And people are like, what are you doing? Are you teasing? <laughs> you teasing Spider-Man in your Venom movies? And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he posts something like... like he posted one fan art... Of uh, Venom holding Tiny Spider-Man and just like um, uh, Saturn devouring his son style, just like demolishing his head as a spray of red. And someone had a screen grab that. Like, look, Tom Hardy shared this for like 30 seconds. It's weird. He's a weird guy. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. One of Ma- my favorites. Made Mandalorian episodes. Mm-hmm. Went so well. Gave him a whole damn movie. He's making a Star Wars movie. Cool. That was announced on May the 4th, which was this week on Monday. And uh, really no other information other than that the screenplay will be by Christy Wilson Cairns, who did the screenplay for uh, 1917. Yeah, there we go. So there we go. We got an Oscar-nominated writer. We got an Oscar-nominated winner. Oscar winner and writer-director winner. Working on a whole new Star Wars movie. They're taking a, a quote break. From Star Wars movies, like they don't have one scheduled per se. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not uh, for a while. They're trying to do essentially a Star Wars movie every year. It's gonna be like a Skywalker movie, then Solo, then a Skywalker mm-hmm. movie, and Rogue One. And um, they backed off on all of that. They're like too much, too fast, too soon. But they're still plowing forward. But they mm-hmm. have the Taika Waititi one and the Mandalorian. They got the Mandalorian that they're doing. They got um, who else did they sign on to do a movie? I mean, they just got the uh, the guy who did Boba Fett in the original uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. prequels to do Boba Fett for the Mandalorian. Well, so, uh, which is did they get him or they got the guy who was Jango Fett? No, yeah, it was the guy who was Jango. Yeah, which is then we're but, supposed but they're, to but they're assume, all clones. Yeah, they're, so, clones, they're all clones of him, yeah. so it's supposed to look like him exactly. Uh, so, like, uh, but is, does that mean Boba Fett for sure is coming back? I think, or who knows? Is he somewhere descendant of Boba Fett or just another clone? Um, Maybe they took your idea, Chris, and he's just a guy with a helmet who took the wrong helmet. No, that was my idea. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Though. That was a great. That is a great idea. <laughs> that is fucking man. I would love that. Um, so we'll see. We got a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. Maybe or will he get fired? Will he get Lord Miller out of there? Will, will, will he get Josh Trank booted out of there? Well, Josh- I mean, the thing is, Taika Waititi. He's already worked with. You know, Filioni and fucking has been there on The Mandalorian when mm. Lucas is on. Yeah. You know, so I think he maybe understands, like, what he has to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to make sure that, like, people in, like, like it does, you know, basically it doesn't get fucked with, you know? like Yeah, yeah he's already working with them. They know his <laughs> style. They, they're not taking too big of a risk, I guess, yeah. by agreeing to continue working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just like they want to... Still make that Ryan Johnson trilogy, I think. And I think they're still moving forward with the Benioff Vice uh, thing. Star Wars things yeah. that they want to do. So that's, that seems like a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
maybe they're just uh, a lot of irons in a fire and then see which ones get hot first and then they uh, start and go from there. Yeah. Um, I'll come back to that. Oh, this is weird. Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau in the news for fucking something up. Okay. So these people wanted to make a documentary called Room Full of Spoons. And it's a documentary about the room. And they were trying to have it come out in 2017, right around the same time as the disaster artist, to capitalize on that. Uh, Tommy Wiseau agreed at first to uh, work with him on the movie, but then uh, decided he didn't like the tone of it. He didn't have enough control, so he tried to block them and block their use of the footage of the movie. Sounds about right. Uh, but they still used footage under fair use. Mm-hmm. Um but Wiseau sued them and blocked the movie from coming out, so it has yet to come out. Uh, since 2017, it's been wrapped up in legal battles in Canada. And after a trial this January, Ontario Superior Court Judge Paul Shabbos has ruled in favor of the documentary makers. Okay. Tommy Wiseau has been ordered to pay $700,000. <laughs> To the documentary makers for lost uh, profits mm. and, and court costs and all this stuff. Yeah, that's what happens when you lose. Um, 550000 is for lost revenue. The extra two hundred is punitive damages. Yeah, court costs. Mm-hmm. That's stuff too. Yep. And uh, one of the things that they suspect why Zo didn't want... One of the reasons why Zo didn't want this out there is because it reveals... Uh, his country of origin. <gasps> finally get to find out where this fucker's from. Yeah, finally get to find out where he's <clears throat> from. Trusha Coburn. Once this documentary comes out, you can find out, or I can just tell you right now. You can just tell me right now, then. He's from Poland. Oh, there we go. There we go. He's very embarrassed by his Polish background. Apparently. Which makes no sense because Poland has a great tradition of cinema. No. Great Polish cinema, uh, Polish directors, um, Polish art has been lauded for, for a very, very long time. And it's like, no, I'm an American. Hey, it's me, Johnny, oh. the American. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I knew it was Eastern Europe somewhere. For sure, right? And eh, just, he's just a Polish guy. Tommy Wysowski, probably. Yeah. Um, this is embarrassing for the New Mutants. They uh, they finally had a release date. It was going to be early April, and then theaters got shut down because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So... No, uh, it would be like their fourth new release date has not been announced mm-hmm. yet. But instead, someone saw this on the interwebs. Uh, it was on Amazon Prime Video. It popped up for pre-order on Amazon Prime Video before getting taken down. I mean, might as well at this point in time. It was set for pre-order at twenty five ninety nine. Uh, so it is possible that they're going to go with the... We're just going to fucking put this thing out on VOD already. Which is fine, which means I can just wait till it's cheap on VOD or till it hits one of the streaming services. Right. Uh, Hulu, probably at that point. Which, more, more than likely. Which at, at that point, yeah. Am I going to pay 26 bucks to see this movie that they keep delaying? That's like three years old now? No. No, I'll just wait an additional 90 days and then watch it on Hulu with the rest of the world. So that's the fate of New Mutants. Very, very much a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sad. Very sad. Tom Cruise. What? Well, that's what happens when you when you try to expand on a universe that, and then I mean the whole Disney Fox merger thing. Like it was just, 
it was screwed for me. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad timing. Bad timing on so many fronts. The timing of it getting made, yeah. the Fox merger, the the, the, the COVID, all of it. Bad. Yeah. Yep. It's a doomed production. And when it's all said and done, we watch it, we'll probably be like, eh. It's fine. Three, three eyes. <laughs> three eyes on a fine scale. It's not, it's not even as good as Hotel Artemis. Uh, Tom Cruise teaming with Elon Musk for first movie shot in outer space. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Elon Musk, we mean SpaceX specifically, and NASA will be working with Tom Cruise to finally make his space action adventure movie, which he's been trying to make since the 90s with James Cameron. So not a not a new idea for Tom Cruise. No. Uh, so this is just the latest development. We'll see if it actually happens. Sounds risky. I mean, I'm sure they just had to find a way to, to actually do it. Like... Instead of paying like a hundred million dollars just in rocket fees, yeah, you know, yeah, just the, <laughs> the cost of having a crew. You have to have a crew up there. What kind of crew do we have up there? Oh, exactly. What's their What's their day to day like making a movie in outer space? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure they're working on that right now. And do we really need to do that, or can we just like film the whole thing underwater and then use a green screen and make them look like it's floating around in a capsule? I mean, Sandra Bullock didn't go to space. I mean, this is this could have fooled me though. This is Tom Cruise we're talking about. This is Tom Cruise we're talking about. Tom Cruise can go up there and die for our entertainment. I'm okay with that. I can't wait. I can't wait for him to finally die for us to be like, wow, he did it. He finally did it. The ultimate, the ultimate trip. Death. Extraction 2 in the works at Netflix. Yep. Deadline reporting that Joe Russo can't work on Extraction 2. Deals don't seem to be official, but they're working on bringing back director Sam Hargrave and Chris Hemsworth. Extraction 2. The Extractioners. The Extractioners. The extract. The, the Extracted. The Extractor becomes The Extracted. Uh, will it be a sequel, prequel, sidequel? Who knows? What's happening, though? We're getting it. Great. We're, we're getting it. Hey, that means, you know what that means? A lot of people watch that movie. Yeah. A ton mm-hmm. of people. Now, what actually get made? Uh, we'll see. Bright Two has yet to get made. Thank God. Yeah, but you know they have. There has been some movement on Bright Two, just like Conrad, <laughs> and that movement includes a whole new creative team. The, the Max Landis has been kicked off as a writer. He got me tooed off that thing forever ago, and uh, David Ayer is not coming back as director. I forgot who they got, but it's someone else. And uh, essentially, the only people coming back are going to be like Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. Yeah. I mean, good for them, I guess. Good for them. They need money. Cash those Netflix checks. Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. They have... What about it? Nat Geo. Okay. Right? So we have a Nat Geo scripted show. Okay. That doesn't seem like it's a, a, a Disney Plus, like a natural fit for Disney Plus. Okay. But we're getting it. Okay. And it's the TV series based on the right stuff. Okay. Yes. Tom also writes stuff. The uh, the Gemini program leading up to the Apollo program mm-hmm. made into an awesome three hour movie or so in the what was it nineteen no it was right nineteen eighty three the Philip Kaufman film. Uh, they got a whole series now, starring a whole bunch of white guys. Well, I mean, yeah, it was a whole bunch of white guys to be fair. I mean, unfortunately, uh, and it's gonna be on D plus, which is very interesting because it doesn't seem like the type of thing they do. The the showrunner is the guy who did Castle Rock on Hulu. Executive produced by Leo DiCaprio and some other people. I mean, I'll watch it. Oh, I'll definitely watch it. I love the movie. Right Stuff is such a great movie. And the book is... 
very good too. The, the, the Tom Wolf, it's it's packed with info. Like the book, if you look at the book, it's not that big, but when you read it, it's really detailed. And uh, I could definitely see a whole series being made, like a very compelling one. I mean, the movie is three hours for a reason. Yeah. It's got to cover a lot of ground. A lot of ground. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That should be fun. It'll be good stuff. Coming to D+. Um, also coming to D+, Drew, Fury Files. What? I said coming to D+, Fury Files. What? I mean, it doesn't mean... Am I supposed to know the name of something? Fury? I don't... Comma Nick? Nick Fury? Joe Petrus? Okay. Comic books? Sounds... Samuel Jackson? Doesn't uh, sound the, very good. None of this rings a bell yet. I mean, yeah, but, ju- but I don't. I'm not interested. Fury Files is an animated series in which Nick Fury opens up his Fury Files, and it's just like little animated stories, uh, Marvel stories. Okay, so it's gonna be for kids. It's for kids. Uh, the most interesting thing I thought was Nick Fury, not voiced by Samuel Jackson. Like, no, we're not paying your rate. No, we're getting some, hell no. We're getting some other guy to do this. No. But, uh, yep. Of course, they have a few animated series come up on. Um, I mean, on, that, on Disney that, Plus. That What If series is supposed to come out eventually. They got that What If series I'm looking forward to. That should be a lot of fun. Fury Files, maybe not so much. Yeah, I don't think so. You're right. It'll probably be more for kids. Um, we teased before. We're talking about a Mandalorian season two. Robert Rodriguez confirmed that he is directing at least an episode, if not more. Uh, had a picture of him with uh, the baby Yoda. Uh, puppet. Mm-hmm. I think it looks so cool. It looks so cool. Also, same day, announcing that he did an episode. Um, what's his name? Peyton Reed, the guy who did uh, the Ant Man movies. Mm-hmm. He confirmed that he did some uh, some Mandos. I mean, it would make sense. I could see anybody who has ever worked in the MCU to be, you know, in the MCU brought in uh, heavy green screen effects work like Robert Rodriguez. No. Uh, anyone who's done any of that kind of stuff, yeah, I could definitely. Translate to, to that set for sure, and then uh, and then like you said already, I have his name here, Tamura Morrison. This guy who played Django Fett. Okay, yeah, and he's coming back. Yeah, isn't he Maori? I believe so. He looks Maori. I think he is. That's fun. The most successful Maori. Oh no, sorry, that's uh, well, yeah, like Taika Waititi acting in his own movies. Yeah, he has most successful, and also as Korg. Yeah, I'm trying well, to think of a more yeah. successful Maori actor. Well, I think that's. Well, I mean, but he also you know directs and produces and does other. That's things. what I'm saying. He he he's laying his own. Uh, oh, here we go. Bright two. I do have a story. Who who is the director? Who's directing the Bright two? Uh, I'm wondering where this guy's been at. Louis Leterrier. Oh. Bring it all back around. The guy yeah. who directed The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Um. He also did the first Transporter, I think. And uh, he's a decent action director. Like he makes okay movies all of his movies are fine all of his movies land on the fine scale uh, when they hit one eye you're like yeah you did it guy <laughs> only got one eye this movie's fine you did it <laughs> it's fine um, so he's doing Bright 2 which is ain't good for him he's got something to do uh, according to I don't know who it says per reporting 11 million American viewers watched Bright within the first three days of its release okay 56% of the audience male 7 million between the ages of 18 to 49. Film was supposed to start last March, but was delayed due to Will Smith's schedule. And now COVID. And now COVID further delays it. So, 
Uh, right two happening. Mando season two happening. Great stuff. Series coming to D plus as well as Fury Files D plus. That's for your kids. Extraction two on Netflix being developed. Tom Cruise going to space. Space, space, space. New New Mutants VOD maybe. Tom Wiseau Poland definitely. Are you just going over the headlines now of all the stories that you just read? Yeah, we got to fill some time. <laughs> uh, Taika Waititi going to a galaxy far away. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut this out and I'll put this at the beginning of the news section. So it sounds like it's a teaser for a section. No, you won't. Demolition Man 2 possible? Question mark? Question mark? All this and more coming up on the news section of Cinema Crispy. So, Diso, Diso, Diso. Um, yeah, those are all the news stories. I was just making sure we got them all. So that's it. That's the show. That's the episode. Juicy Cogburn. Chris Crespo. Uh, our Patreon shows that people can sign up for and check out at patreon.com slash Crespity. So we mm-hmm. are pre-recorded now up through the first Friday of June. Cool. Yeah. We're doing it, guy. We're doing it. We set out to get ahead and we're doing it. I mean, got nothing else going on right now. Got nothing else going on. Might as well preload so then we don't have to worry about that later when we're allowed to go outside again in groups. Um, this week's episode coming up on the Patreon will be another installment of 12 Months of Seagal. It's month five, which means movie five, which means under siege. Also, uh, people may enjoy this one if they go back one episode on our free feed right now on the normal feed. I did a bonus episode with Matt from the SBK Live days. We talked about the Alien franchise for about 45 minutes or so. It was a lot of fun. It's via Skype, so it's a Skype uh, quality conversation. But, you know, it's actually not so bad. I hope you guys enjoy that. And we'll be back with more stuff. God willing. And if the creek don't rise. Thank you, Drew. You're welcome. I forgot to thank you. A PFT Media Production.